Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Tuesday. It's October the 17th. What a strange week when timeline we're living in. Everything is strange right now, and uh, I got sort of furious before we got started because I started reading some of the articles we're going to be discussing, some of the news that's going on. Today's article or today's uh, episode is entitled The Last Domino. And in many ways, this comes from a conversation that Ryan Matta and I had yesterday. He said, why in the world is it that people all over the globe care about United States news? Why are there people in Canada that are watching the show? Some of you are in Canada right now. You're watching the show. Why are there people in Japan? We're actually ranked in the iTunes ratings in, in Japan, in New Zealand. Uh, my wife gives me a hard time if we slip out of the top 200 in some of these countries just because it's funny to us. But it's strange. Why are so many people paying attention to U.S. news and what's going on? And in many ways, I think we have to accept that the United States is the last domino. And many of you may not realize just how critical that fight is, that the potential for global tyranny, the potential for showing that uh, it can win, it it happens right here in the United States. This is the final battleground for many of them because most of the world has already given it up. They've already lost. And if the U.S. falls, so does a lot of the Western society that we've sort of come to believe is is permanent and is standard and is normal. It's not. It's actually exceptional. And Western exceptionalism, this is interesting because it actually ties into why the Proud Boys became the Proud Boys and how they actually came up with their name and what their, their original purposes were. But there was something very important that has been happening in the last couple of years, and that that in that's a war against basic Western freedoms, which have not been around forever. They are they're a new concept and they are a potentially conquerable concept. That's scary stuff for those of us that want to see our kids live up in a, a more free America than we grew up in. That doesn't look like the case right now. We're certainly going to be fighting back on it. Um, guys, I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit about what happened in the uh, in in this uh, Trump trial. Things that are that I think are absolutely maddening and insane. So we're going to be talking about First Amendment issues. The First Amendment, I believe, is the last boundary to get to the Second Amendment, and that is the last domino for freedom in this world. Uh, I'm going to make my case. You guys will... Decide whether or not it's successful in a little bit here. Before we do that, let's go ahead and start and say thanks to my friends over at Catholic Vote. I'm going to put this up. This is The Loop. You guys know that you can go and check out The Loop on their website, catholicvote.org. Um, we're going to be covering a little bit down on some of the, the two-tier justice system. You may have seen that there were protesters out in front of the White House yesterday. I've got some video of that. And what we also know is that there's a two-tier justice system when it comes to the what's flashing on the screen right there, 320-plus attacks on Catholic churches and pregnancy centers, and um, the arrests are pretty scant. The Justice Department is not doing their job. If you want to support the work of CatholicVote.org, you simply can go to their website. You can join the loop, which gives you their email chain. Good stuff in there. Almost every single morning, there's some news that is not being covered somewhere else. But moreover, you can keep track of uh, some of the injustice that continues in this world when it comes to unfair enforcement of the FACE Act, which we are going to cover down on. I think in many ways, it's an attack on free speech on purpose, and that is one of those dominoes in order. In fact, Ryan, you got the uh, you got the thumbnail. Can you throw the thumbnail up for this show right now? I actually want to tell you guys what this is. Look at this. You got attacks on Donald Trump. You got Letitia James, who's delegitimizing the uh, 
the the uh, New York judiciary, that's the state level, then you have federal judges doing it, and then guns. That's the last sort of domino there. I want you guys to keep that in mind as we continue to talk through this. If you haven't hit the like button yet on our Rumble channel, what are you waiting for? You're going to make Eric Jason in our chat, our moderator, he's going to have a conniption fit over there. Help the man out. Give him a like. Make sure that that is a green button. Let's go ahead and get started here. Let's launch into... This ABC News piece, I'm going to start by reading something for it. So this is topic number one. Ryan, if you'll pull that on the screen, I'm going to read from the bottom of the article. It's always interesting when they bury something at the bottom of the article. And I just want to read it verbatim. Because when it when I, when I did read it this morning, uh, it made my stomach churn just a bit. This is a quote from Trump's lawyer. I'm sitting here thinking George Orwell would have a field day, end quote, with what the government is proposing. This is the judge. Judge Chukin says this, quote, Orwell would definitely have a field day, sarcastically. This was the, ca- the tone. The judge then asked Lauro, a former career prosecutor himself, answer whether or not such statements would be appropriate from any defendant in any criminal case. Quote, what I want to do is answer my question as to why a criminal defendant should be allowed to call a prosecutor a quote unquote thug, she said. Tell me how the word thug is justified here. I want to read that again. This is a judge appointed by Obama. And she says, quote, what I want you to do is answer my question as to why a criminal defendant should be allowed to call a prosecutor a thug. Tell me how the word thug is justified here. How the word thug is justified here. Like that's sticking in in my craw right now. And the response was, you may not like the word, but he's entitled to the First Amendment to make those statements. So her response was something to the effect of, Mr. Trump is a criminal defendant, quote, he's facing four felony charges. He must comply with the conditions of release. He does not have the right to say and do exactly as he pleases. He does not have the right to say and do exactly as he pleases. Are any of you getting concerned that a federal judge said those words from the bench. Does that bother anybody? I'm going to read the First Amendment for you. Maybe you guys have forgotten what it says. Obviously, this judge has too. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's the freedom of religion clause. Or the abridging the freedom of speech. That's it. No law respecting the abridging of the freedom of speech. And then it talks about the press and the right of the people to peaceably assemble petition the government for a redress of grievances. Congress shall make no law respecting the the abridging of the freedom of speech. Mr. Trump is a criminal defendant. In our country, many of you guys know this, but he's innocent until proven guilty. Are we done with that? Are we just done with the innocent until proven guilty? You don't actually need due process. This judge has already adjudicated the case. Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump is a criminal defendant. He's facing four felony charges. He must comply with the conditions of release. He does not have the right to say or do exactly as he pleases. It's quoted right here on NBC or ABC News, rather. Unbelievable. I mean, it's just truly unbelievable. And you know what else is a problem? She said politics stops at the courthouse door. Okay, fine. So what? That means nothing. Trump's attorney said there have been no threats or accusations by any witness. It, it like it almost leaves me without the ability to respond when someone says that you can't refer to the Justice Department as the Department of Injustice, which is clearly political speech. And 
the federal government that we all pay for, which is beholden to the First Amendment and the terms of the Constitution. Their oath is not to anything other than to abide by the civil liberties that they are like they are absolutely prohibited from infringing upon. That's what their oath is. Federal prosecutors take the same oath that I did, the same oath that all of our military service members do. You cannot, you cannot break the supreme law of the land when you have that oath, when you, when you, when you swear and you are duty bound to uphold it. And that's what's going on right now. They said that he can't talk about the Department of Injustice. He can refer to Joe Biden as crooked Joe Biden if he wants. That would be okay. They are literally from the bench. This Judge Chukin, who's a Jamaican-born lawyer appointed by Obama, is saying what a presidential candidate, someone who is auditioning for the job of the highest, the highest job in the land, the highest executive authority, and, and she's saying what he can or can't say. She's going to suss that out. What law is she is she uh, citing, you think, when the First Amendment says that Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech? I don't get it. I don't understand how this this is where this is where it goes, though. OK, this is you have the right to say what you want. You may be responsible for those words, but if those words are not a federal crime, then what authority does she have to mess with this at all? There is literally nothing that he is saying that should be constituted as an actual threat. They're not interstate threats. There is no purview for this judge to be involved in it. But he's uh, he's been accused of some crimes, so now he's lost his rights. Unbelievable. I mean, I mean, truly, truly unbelievable. You pull up topic number two. This is what I would refer to as election interference. Seems like uh, back in the day, the FBI used to deal with this stuff. Oh, here it is. It's the FBI's website. What does that say? Election crimes and security. Voter suppression, intentionally deceiving disqualified voters to prevent them from voting is voter suppression, and it's a federal crime. There are many reputable places that you can find polling locations and registration information. It turns out he's not making threats against election workers. He's not saying anything false. He's making an opinion. He's someone who is running for office in this country, and he can't speak out against his, his political opponents. I see somebody in the chat just said, uh, E.H. Cow said, he's out on bond. I don't care if he's out on bond or not. He's innocent until proven guilty. Nobody gets to remove your First Amendment rights. And the idea that they would they would remove some of these liberties, this is really scary stuff. I talked to Owen Schroyer the other day, and we've had a long conversation about the fact that all these J6ers, this doesn't matter who it is. Mark Ibrahim is under the same terms of release. Um, everybody who was involved in J6 had their gun rights stripped. And then they get credible threats, death threats, particularly the ones who are big uh, public figures. How in the world did we decide that? The judge just decided that the conditions of their release, like they're innocent until proven guilty or are they not? We're letting people out all the time on state charges. They're running around after being accused of, but not convicted of, violent, nasty stuff, including overwhelming evidence when they're caught on the scene of a violent crime. And they're released. This is so bizarre. This is just, this is an upside down world right now. But, they're arguing for it. The leftist media is arguing for it. Pull up uh, topic number three. They basically are saying the judge, judge, uh, the judge is doing the right thing and Trump deserves it. Here you go. The courts have treated Trump with kid gloves. One judge can stop that. Judge Tanya Shukin has every reason to treat the former president like any other defendant in his situation. There is no history of any other defendant ever being like Donald Trump. 
And if you watch my podcast and you've been listening to this, you know that I have no special love for Donald Trump. I'm not going to give him any credit when he doesn't deserve it. But he should be like every other defendant, which is to say, give me a freaking break. You're going to control his speech. You're going to say whether or not somebody who has never like it's so unprecedented. We've actually crossed the line of insanity. We have crossed the line of insanity. It was unprecedented to do the raid at Mira Largo and do the uh, do the search warrant there. That should have been a consent search. And it was a presidential records act you know, dispute that has happened with every single president. But we took the entire force of the Justice Department. We took my former colleagues at the Washington field office, flew down in a jet and decided to go in and conduct an armed search warrant raid on a former president's house. That was insane. And we have just decided to just trips off into the daisies of insanity since then. It is it is so unprecedented that we can't even get over the historical nature of how insane this is. Every single week, it's a new escalation in this. They've basically just, you know, you talk about a slippery slope argument. We've literally tumbled off the top of the slippery slope and we are just running at full speed, almost terminal velocity downward into crazy. There's a reason why people are floating a banana republic flag where it's the United States, but the stars have been replaced with bananas. And there's a reason why I say things like, the country that I grew up in would invade this country. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind. This is all unprecedented stuff. Let's read this. This is from Glenn Kirshner, an MSNBC columnist who has an opinion piece saying that it's time to take the gloves off. It's time to take the gloves off on Donald Trump. Just, I just want you to just think about that. What gloves are on? You have a federal judge saying whether he can or cannot speak. Unbelievable. On Monday, the district judge presiding over the prosecution alleging former Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump interfered with the 2020 presidential election. By the way, he lost that, right? Isn't that what they've tried to argue? What was he interfering with? The peaceful transmission of power, which actually happened? It's so crazy. They have to pin everything on January 6th. But it, all it does is just give perfect credence to the fact that there was two systems of justice in this country, that we are seeing two sets of laws being enforced, and that there is political favoritism happening from my former employer, from the Department of Injustice, or as my buddy Garrett O'Boyle, who just joined the chat, said, the Ministry of Justice. The Ministry of Justice, the, the funny thing about the word ministry is that it means to send. So they're sending justice, but only to their preferred preferred receivers. So this guy is arguing that a so-called gag order on political parties um, is going to stifle the, the, the presidential nominee's ability to speak. On the other hand, it's the kind of hearing that is regularly conducted in courts throughout the United States when the defendants are on pretrial release engage in conduct detrimental to the fair and orderly administration of justice. That is nonsense. There is nothing about this trial that has anything to do. Donald Trump is a threat to zero people. He is one of the most watched people in the world. He can't get away with anything. He has a secret service detail that is paid for by our tax dollars that protects him from threats all over the place on a regular basis. The guy is scrutinized every second of every day, and he is televised on everything he does. If he went out and used a public restroom, you would know about it. If he used a freaking porta john you would know about it. And they're acting like he's like every other criminal defendant. There is no such thing. This has never happened at this level. Forget the uh, trial of the century. When I was a kid, that was O.J. Simpson because he was a TV figure. O.J. Simpson was the trial of the century. You guys remember that? And now you've got Donald Trump out there, and he must be treated like every other criminal defendant, and he can't say words. It's, it's, it's a political prosecution, and now this judge is trying to limit political speech while the man is running for political office. Is this not insane? Have we just lost it? I mean, I just feel like we have. 
They're worried about what he posts on social media. And they're saying that he's going to undermine the confidence in the justice system and prejudice the jury pool by referring to the DOJ, which he has been talking about basically since he started running for office, but certainly since he's gotten out of office recently and is now rerunning. He talks about it as the uh, Department of Injustice because of what they're doing. It's their actions that have predicated his speech. Says last month, special counsel Jack Smith filed a motion seeking, quote, a narrowly tailored order, tailored order, restricting Trump's prejudicial, extrajudicial statements. What in the actual hell? It's prejudicial, extrajudicial statements. He urged the court to limit Trump's speech, which would stop his inflammatory and misleading comments. I'm sorry. Did you notice anything in the First Amendment that says you're not allowed to say things that might be uh, false, that might be untrue? This whole movement This entire movement towards restricting speech, towards censorship, which some of you are experiencing now as you go on social media and you want to say a contradictory opinion, or maybe you have no opinion. Maybe you're like Ryan Long yesterday and you haven't made your Hamas slash Israel post yet. And you're wondering, oh, what side do I come down on? Or Maybe I don't come down on any side. Maybe that gets you censored too. I've had people DMing me saying that they've lost their accounts over, you know, long-term statements about what's been going on in the last week. They've been just basically running like nonstop, running their mouths, and now they're they're kicked off their certain social media platforms. Why in the world would a special counsel who's paid for by our tax dollars be worried about inflammatory and misleading statements that would, quote, cause others to harass or harm perceived critics or adversaries? Is Donald Trump saying anything that's physically dangerous that is endangering the safety of anybody? Or the nebulous concept that he's going to undermine confidence in the justice system or prejudice the jury pool? Are you are you out of your mind? The man is the most reported on person in America, which makes him one of the most reported on people in the world. Potentially the most reported on person in the world. You could literally go to MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS. You will find just before this Israel and uh, Palestine conflict kicked off, he was wall-to-wall coverage every single day. There was always an article above the fold on him. Every single day. He's out there. He was the president of this country. And most of us have this strong sensation that the, uh, that the election that happened was, was manipulated. And what he said is basically that. But now he is going to undermine and prejudice the jury pool. This makes me want to puke. I don't understand what people were involved in making this decision, who the people are that are working for my former employer that are running these investigations. But the idea that they haven't just looked at themselves in the mirror and said, what I'm doing is dishonorable. I'm breaking my oath. I'm now participating in tainted justice, and I'm going to go ahead and commit ritual suicide. How are they not going down the line where they have to basically make a decision every single day? Do I put on my shoes today or do I hang it all up and hang myself up? Because I'm absolutely disgusted with the amount of dishonor that exists. Throw that back up there again, Ryan. I'll go ahead and read it. We had a rumble rant just come through here. Uh, Whatever, 007 just said, they're trolling us relentlessly, but what do we do about it? Yeah, the question is, what do we do about it? We don't accept it. We keep speaking. You exercise your First Amendment. You complain loudly and publicly. And unfortunately, whether you like Donald Trump or not, and there's people that do and they don't, and I don't actually care, you have to support what he is doing because you actually have to support, just like I said yesterday, the people who are pro-Palestine have a right to march in this country. People who want to dress up like Nazis, however much you abhor their message, they have a right to express it. And Donald Trump certainly has a freaking right to speak out and say that he thinks that what is going on is an injustice when it is pretty clearly a concentrated and concerted effort to remove him from the political process. And they're failing. They've got to be scared absolutely out of their minds. 
because he keeps he keeps moving forward. He keeps gaining in the polls. Americans, I said this earlier on, if they indict him, which they obviously did the first time and the second time and the third time and an unprecedented fourth time, and we'll wait for more. When they did that, I said they basically ordained him as the GOP nominee. If you guys are behind Ron DeSantis, I don't really care. If you're defined, if you love uh, Vivek and, and you love anybody else, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, because you really, really want to go to war, uh, you love Krispy Kreme donuts, so you're into Chris, uh, Chris Christie, whatever you're into, it doesn't make a difference. Donald Trump was ordained by the administrative state as the Republican nominee simply because of the way that they've treated him. They have made him the person to beat, and he's in it. The only way that he doesn't get to run for president, and he can still do so from a jail cell, by the way, is if he's dead which is why people like Tucker Carlson were speculating that's a possibility. They're doing everything they can to assassinate this man in the court of public opinion, and they continue to fail. They beclown themselves by saying things that he said were uh, false, that he doesn't have a right to say it when they have absolutely no grounds to stand on, none whatsoever. Think about some of the wild criminal trials we've seen. How about that guy that uh, that ran over all those people in um, in Wisconsin, that, that Christmas uh, parade? You know, and he was out there speaking out, yelling in court. Did he did he face additional censures for that? No. And in the meantime, you've got this kind of nonsense with a gag order on a presidential candidate who's not supposed to speak mean things about the administration or the DOJ, which he is literally running against the DOJ right now. Like the DOJ is on the ballot, whether you like it or not. Inflammatory and insane. And in the meantime, we've got all the other signal that is getting lost in the noise. So we're going to go ahead and say thanks over here to um, who else should we we thank up? We want to say, actually, I'm going to throw this up here. Folks, some of you actually buy these on a regular basis. I had no idea how many people are regularly looking to go buy stuff from uh, MyPillow. But if you want to go to Mike Lindell's website, you want to support Mike Lindell. He's supporting us. We get we get uh, a significant percentage of you guys get a discount and we get a percentage of the proceeds from these sales. Uh, I know he's got a thing going on right now with towels. He's got a thing with pillows. Like People love their stuff. I do not love Mike Lindell's pillows. I'll just tell you, I bought them and I sent them back. But my folks sleep on the sheets. I know every time I talk to one of my friends, they'll go, oh, I'm wearing his slippers right now. If you want to do that, just use promo code Kyle. I'm not telling you to go buy something you weren't going to buy. But if you're thinking, hey, I'm going to go support Mike Lindell and I want to go buy his stuff, you can use my promo code instead of any of the others and we get credit for it. And uh, and it actually does send real dollars. They made their first deposit to us the other day, which I was shocked to see. So uh, that Mike, Mike Lindell pillow money is out there in the world. Use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, if you want to do it. And uh yeah, you know what? We had a, we we just started throwing them up on some social media. They send us memes. They're actually really really nice people. I've had nice calls with him. All of his folks are super nice. Um, there's a reason why I'm sure why people love him and want to support him. So if you want to do that, by all means, do it. Um, we're gonna bring back and we're gonna be telling you we just uh, signed up again with uh, Patriot Coolers. We had a little negotiation in the background. They they want to kind of permanently support us. So we'll talk about them in a bit. But um, use uh, use promo code Kyle pretty much everywhere. Nobody's using promo code Kyle. So we just uh, we've we've captured it. And when, if you want to go to a website and use it, I will let you know a handful of them. We're going to sign up with a couple of different uh, affiliate links. And we appreciate you guys supporting what uh, the people that are supporting us. We really do. Let's pivot because there's other stuff going on other than the uh, destruction of free speech. That's obviously one of the dominoes. We've also got stuff going on in our legislature, or rather we have nothing going on. Right now there's no one for speaker. Jim Jordan is looking to take over. So let's put on uh, number four. These are hot takes coming from MSNBC again. You know I go to the leftist news sources because I want to see what they're saying. Let's do topic four. There it is. Jim Jordan should be expelled from the House, not made the speaker. This is coming up. This is good stuff. Why not? Um, this this guy is, he, all he's been weighing in on, he's a, um, he's a leftist hack. There's no other way around it. This is Hayes Brown, opinion writer, editor. They're mostly opinions over there at MSNBC. He says that uh, he spent 
the 2020 election aftermath, spreading lies and plotting to reverse its results. So now he's trying to become the speaker. And uh, that's a big, scary thing for them. You look, they claim he's an anti-established firebrand. You want to know what the suspendables chat said this morning? Because they expect that he'll probably get voted in. And we do. We do expect that he'll probably get voted in. He's made his uh, his bones this last Congress on trying to expose the weaponization of the federal government through his his weaponization committee, which he's chairing as well as the judiciary. And yet, have we seen any movement? Have you guys seen any movement on this? Is there any like tangible results that any of you can? Was it Kevin McCarthy? Was he the one thing that was standing in the way? Is that it? Because I don't believe that. Here's my prediction: Jordan probably does get voted in, although he's he's struggling. His votes are not there yet. But if let's say he gets voted in. I expect to see a bigger budget approved for the FBI. That's how much trust I have in Jim Jordan. But that's not just Jim Jordan. I'm not singling him out. Our entire Congress is weak. I was in a space listening to George Santos last night talking about how we need a new war on terrorism. Anybody want to go on a new war on terrorism? You think George Santos, who was born in 1988 and was pretty young when 9-11 happened and the Patriot Act was passed, who's lecturing us about uh, what's going on in Congress and how the world works, like, really? George Santos is going to tell us that we need a new war on terror. These are Republicans. These are people who have pretty good conservative ratings. You guys want to send your children off to war? I don't. I certainly don't want to send my kids off to fight for Israel or Palestine or Iran or Jordan. Like, really? Like, it's been my whole adult life. I was 19 years old when uh, when the planes hit the, the Twin Towers. And my generation, I'm 41 my generation has been basically part of this war, and many of you in the chat here have, have paid serious consequences. I know Eric Jason, who just threw a $5 rant up there saying smash the like button, you know, he paid a pretty tremendous price with his body. There's a lot of my friends that still go downrange, that are still in the special operations community, that are that are involved in protecting our freedom. But do we really, do we really need to have another war on terrorism? Did we not learn our lesson on that? Like, what are we doing? They're just looking for another excuse to start printing money. I showed you Lindsey Graham yesterday, the slimy turd from, from South Carolina. He's not going to get out there and fight. I don't even know if like his hands look manicured. I bet he doesn't have any calluses on his hands. It's going to be hard men that go and pay the price for this kind of stuff. So I'm just saying, you've got if you've got MSNBC rallying about him, they're scared about him because he's going to come in and he's going to be more conservative than McCarthy because McCarthy was a weasel about it. But uh, I have no faith. They described him as a legislative terrorist in this piece, which is actually really funny. <laughs> and supposedly, they, and they're referring to it as a failed weaponization committee. Yeah, it is failed because it didn't do anything. That's the whole point. I got people on social media reaching out to me over and over again. Hey, is what you're saying serious? Is it real? Have they really done nothing for you guys? Do you see my buddy Garrett O'Boyle? Is he out there in the chat instead of being at his job investigating bad guys? Is he out there running down real terrorists? No. Nope, he's sitting and making t-shirts, which we love him for. And he'll, he'll keep doing it because it's something to do. And we are pushing back. He made this t-shirt. But he's not doing the job that he's trained to do. Just like Steve Friend, just like me, just like Marcus Allen. We're not investigating bad guys. We're sitting here talking to you guys about how stupid this is. They are, in fact, just pulling it over on you. That's why we've been covering all these things on how to be a skeptic. You have to be a skeptic about all of it. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. The head fake. It's nonstop the fact that there's an opportunity cost to your attention span, and they're trying to distract you with so much of it. So let's see. How how close is this going to get us to a real war? Well, topic number five. There you go. It's already there. Daily Wire, already reporting on it. 
What do they say? The United States has selected 2,000 troops for potential deployment to support Israel. Why? Why are we doing that? Israel's got it under control. They're dealing with an internal border dispute, as far as I can tell. There may be a lot of atrocious things happening, but why do U.S. troops need to get involved? Because that's what they do? I guess. I've got friends that are uh, in the Marine Corps that are saying that they are getting standby orders, that they're getting activated. I've got some questions into my buddies who are at Fort Bragg, asking what that's looking like. Here you go. Defense officials reportedly selected 2,000 troops across the United States military to deploy for potential deployment to support Israel in their war against Hamas terrorists. Daily Wire. This is Brandon Dre reporting on this over at Daily Wire. We know Brandon Dre. He's a good guy. According to the Wall Street Journal, U.S. officials said that they have selected the people that are not intended to serve in a combat role and no ground troops that engage in close-range battle have been put a uh, prepared to deploy order. That's not what I'm hearing. And they would help Israel as advisors and medical support missions only in ground operations in Gaza. Wow. You guys know what happens when you start putting uh, combat advisors into that role? That's a special operations sort of uh, euphemism for people who are engaged in combat but aren't supposed to engage in combat but engage in combat. People in the special operations community, whether they be mostly, mostly it turns out to be Army, Special Forces guys. Foreign Internal Defense, that's usually what the mission is called, Foreign Internal Defense, FID. And that just means that they are so-called training, but if they get engaged, then they're allowed to engage as well, which of course they do. So that's what they're saying. And then you've got John Kirby saying he won't rule it out. Pull up topic number six. From Breitbart News, John Kirby, I won't rule in or out if U.S. troops will help free American hostages in the Israel-Hamas conflict. National security spokesperson John Kirby, this is the guy that lies about uh, whatever his feelings are, and he cried about this conflict, but he's he's really excited about the sacred right of the military to support abortion. So that's really helpful. We're really, really helpful about that. Uh, he said he would not rule out U.S. troops being deployed on the ground to free hostages. Well, that's how it starts, isn't it? It always starts with getting Americans out. How many boots on the ground are we going to put back in Afghanistan to get the Americans out of Afghanistan that we left? You guys remember that? In August of 21? right before the Biden administration rolled out the fact that they were going to force guys like me and all my friends to try to take a vaccine, to try to take off the heat from what they were involved in, which is that they essentially had just left a bunch of Americans and billions and billions of dollars of military equipment. Many of you are asking. There's no way to validate whether or not the Taliban left uh, equipment somehow ended up in the hands of Hamas terrorists. We don't know. But there's pipelines between these, these uh, Arab states and their generally aligned terrorist types. We saw M4s with ACOGs on them being used in in uh, Hamas videos. So maybe, did we fund it? Is that another fantastic move by the Biden administration? They're not going to rule out ground war. They may be using uh, our, our troops to go free hostages in the Israel-Hamas war. Senator Tom Cotton said, special operations forces should be there. They have an obligation to get Americans out, especially those we think are being held hostage. Would we have U.S. boots on the ground for that? John Kirby says, there's no plans or intention to put U.S. troops on the ground fight, or I'm sorry, on the ground to fight in this fight between Israel and Hamas. And then the CNN anchor said, but what about to retrieve Americans? And he says, we're actively trying to find out exactly where they are. I mean, Shannon, we don't even know how many exactly. We have a small handful, and we know there could be more than that. That could be in different groups. It could be moved around. Would you rule out any possibility of the U.S. forces being involved in the ground there? Of course, the answer is I, what I won't do is rule anything in or out when it comes to getting our hostages home. Yep. 
Are we sending anybody into Afghanistan? No. We saw freaking uh, people that were former soldiers. We saw former Marines. We saw veterans of this country have to go into Afghanistan to get the partners out that they knew that they had made sacred obligations to. There's actually a, a, like a Netflix show about it now called The Covenant. We left translators behind. We left people that assisted the United States government. And we certainly left American citizens. Are we going in there? Are we going back into Afghanistan? Screw it, right? Isn't that the whole thing? Whenever you have a big problem, just launch a war. I mean, we saw all this stuff happen in the 90s. That's the really crazy thing about it. We saw all this stuff happen in the 90s. And getting into war was one of the ways that people were able to take the focus off this. You know, a lot of people talk about 9-11 and, and the insanity of that day, the day before it, when they just launched another Pentagon uh, audit where they had lost, what, trillions of dollars? I mean, this is just an ongoing thing. It's just a cover-up. But the fun thing is, three trillion, is that the number? Yeah, they just did a recent one where they, yes, lost, where they couldn't find six or seven trillion. So ongoing bad accountability by our government and they want more authorities and they want to be able to muzzle your speech. They want to be able to muzzle your speech. Like I see this all as connected. I see that the federal government is all connected at all this route. That doesn't mean that everybody is involved in some big complicit plan. It's just an overarching trend towards tyranny. We are arching aggressively towards tyranny. And some of that is you need to be distracted and you need to have your fighting age population of males involved in something other than paying attention. What's really interesting is, is so many of you are seeing through this right now. You're seeing the head fake. You're seeing the opportunity cost of your attention span being split and you're not losing it. And you're not listening to voices like CNN. And you're not listening to MSNBC or Fox for that matter. Who's going to put Lindsey Graham on and let him talk about how we're going to go to war with Iran. He was rattling about that too. It's pretty incredible. It really is. So we have to ask, is putting a Jim Jordan in, is that a is that an incrementally better step than having no government at all? I'm still in the no one for speaker camp, by the way. Hashtag no one, the number four speaker. You can make that go. If you actually type it in on Twitter, it will, it will actually give you a click through because there are enough people that are saying no one for speaker. Let them run out of money. Let them run out so they can't do any more damage because all they want to do right now, it seems like, is infringe our space. There it is. Ryan Mattis got it in the chat. No one for speaker, folks. You can copy and paste that thing in. So there's a couple of different people making uh, arguments. Let's do video number three. Let's throw that one up real quick. And uh, let's see. This is from ALX's feed, but I think this is Matt Gates talking about it. Is this an incremental increase or not? Run that video. Let's see what the, what the argument is from Gates. Right now, I'm very excited about Speaker-designate Jim Jordan. The opposition to Jim Jordan has dwindled down to the single digits. And if we are able to convince just a few more colleagues to uh, go with the rest of the Republican Congress in getting Jim Jordan the speakership, I don't think there'll be a single viewer of Greg Kelly reports who doesn't appreciate the upgrade that we made at the position of Speaker of the House. I think you're going to see it right away in our oversight work. Subpoenas that were bottled up are going to get out the door. I think we're going to be able to finally get a subpoena to Hunter Biden. And my hope is that we'll be able to put some downward pressure on all of this spending. I just saw a report today that you know, we had tens of thousands of Americans just this past month go into bankruptcy up 18% from a year ago. Bidenomics isn't working for people and the House of Representatives is the only institution in our federal government that people can place any hope in when you look at the Schumer controlled Senate and an administration spending more money, more weaponized against our fellow Americans. So Jim Jordan will be a great and inspiring leader. We got a little more work to do, but we feel like we got the wind at our back. So there you go. That's the argument in favor of. He said he wants to put a little bit more downward pressure on spending. You know what put a lot of downward pressure on spending? No spending. 
the continuing resolution that is out there. When that runs out, there is no more spending. The government agencies aren't funded. You want to do something strong? How about that? I want to hear from Tom Fenton, who runs Judicial Watch. Listen to what Tom Fenton has to say, because he's actually nailing all the points. You can have a Jim Jordan speaker if that's what it comes down to. But is he going to do the things that matter? Maybe, maybe not. Tom Vinton's approach. Listen to the things. He's saying the exact same things we are. Go ahead and throw that up. If even McCarthy initially had taken this view, this is my line, and I'm not going to back away. If you want government funded, you're going to have to stop attacking the civil liberties of Donald Trump or destroying our sovereignty through this invasion or destroying the First Amendment rights of millions of Americans by censorship. And if you share my views, you need to let your members of Congress know. I don't know if they're going to be there over the weekend, but call them at 202-225-3121. Because that's what, you know, it's not so much the, what the, who the speaker is. I guess, you know, the personality matters, the leadership qualities matter. But what are they going to do once they're in the office? What's the expectation of the caucus? And the expectations, in my view, are too low. You, dear voter and dear citizen, your job is to elevate the expectations and let them know what you expect them to do. And it can't be the same old, same old. Yeah, I think Tom Fitton gets more sleep at night than I do because he's a little bit less upset about it. But he said exactly the same things. I saw that video and I went like, oh, Tom Fitton has the exact same take on this that I do. It's not about downward pressure. It's about making demands. It's about defund things that are going to take away the civil liberties. Defund the entire D.C. court system if you have to. I don't care. D.C. doesn't care. They don't want to prosecute criminals. I've had guys that we went in and we served search warrants. We left weed on scene, by the way, which is a federal crime, but it was, quote unquote, decriminalized in that area, even though we were there for a drug charge. We left weed on scene. We had a guy that admitted to having two firearms, even though he had a first felony conviction going back to 1985. This happened in 2016, this this search warrant that we served. Okay, the guy's got 20 years worth of felony histories. And as the law says, he can't possess a firearm. He owned guns that he wasn't allowed to have, that he bought illegally, and he was possessing illegally, and he had access to illegally next to his bed. And he brought them and told us exactly where they were, admitted they were his. He was never prosecuted in D.C. Meanwhile, you're going to criminalize the speech of the president, the former president of the United States. Defund all that. Just pull the money out of the judiciary. I don't care what happens. Give them $1. Just like our friend uh, Colton Moore said the other day, they can do the same sort of things in uh, in Georgia and they need to be doing it at a local level. How about on a national level? How about the GOP steps up and says, you're infringing on the civil liberties, you're infringing on the rights of Americans to be able to even just live in their, their country and not have it invaded by foreigners. You are telling people who work for the United States Border Patrol they can't even do their flipping jobs. How about you get uh, hands off on that? Otherwise you get no money at all. How about you get no money at all until you prove otherwise? That'd be all right. Tom Fitton's correct. But what's Jim Jordan say about it? Sounds like he just wants to get more money so we can just get after this Israel war. Man, he really wants to get after it too. Why don't you play that clip number five? We'll just see what that's all about. Mr. Jordan, how many votes are you willing to go through tomorrow? Are you going to just go? We need to get a speaker tomorrow. Um, The American people deserve to have their Congress, their House of Representatives working. Um, and we can't have that happen to get a speaker, so we need to do that. Plus, we need to be helping Keep our, our dearest friend yeah. and colleague, uh, our, our dearest friend and, and closest ally, uh, Israel. We need to help them as well. Here's going over and over again. Tomorrow, you expect multiple roll call. Well, look, tomorrow. I felt good walking into the conference. I feel even better now. We got a few more people we're going to talk to, listen to, uh, and then we'll have a vote tomorrow. Would you be opposed to 
<laughs> Did you hear that one? That's really good. Would you be opposed to uh, to putting Ukrainian money along with Israel aid? Did you catch that as they were running out? That's what the press is really doing. They're just doing cop cover for a bunch of massive aid packages and spending bills that throw money to people that are not you. Incredible. This is what the fourth uh, the fourth estate does, the fourth branch of government that's supposed to keep the other ones accountable. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm putting that in air quotes. It's not a real branch of government. Our press actually used to try to hold the powerful accountable. Apparently, democracy dies in darkness. Not that we have a democracy, but don't tell the Washington Post that. And in the meantime, like they're advocating, can we just get some more money to Ukraine? Like, how much money are these people sending out of their own freaking pockets? Do they want to send their own check? Like, you can do it right now. There are plenty of Ukrainian-based charities that you can throw your money away in and see that it goes absolutely nowhere. It's not going to result in more guns or bombs or less casualties at the front or anything else. You can certainly do that. By the way, where's the Ukrainian war coverage? Did we just drop them like a like a, like a a bad date? Just dropped them off right there? We didn't even take them all the way home. We just kicked them out on the curb. We're like, eh, you're close enough. Oh, you live in the same city? Here you go. You're out. No more Ukraine money. No one's talking about that right now, except that one reporter who really wants to, must have some uh, Ukrainian kickbacks going on. Unreal. It's really unreal to watch this stuff. And so we're trying to suss out what's the signal and what's the noise. You know what that looks like when you have a radio broadcast? There's a signal. That's what's being sent. The noise is the uh, the background, the static, the microwave radiation that's in the way, the things that are guzzying up the signal as you try to tune it in. Some of you have never had a, a, a an analog um, dial and, and actually gone after a, an RF frequency where you're trying to tune it in manually. We're trying to get to the signal. And the signal is they want to spend a bunch of money. They want to send our troops. They want to distract us. Everybody talks about a uniparty. Like, I don't see the Republicans doing any sort of real real uh, advocacy on behalf of the things that I care about, and probably not for you either. Are they worried about America? No, they're worried about Israel and sending troops over there and money over there. Do the American people really deserve to have a, a Congress that's in session? I think we deserve a Congress that's not in session ever for a long time. Let's just take some breaks. Let's take a deep break and deep breath and just say, hey, we're just going to see what happens for a little while with no federal government intervention. Maybe stop screwing it up. And Matt Gates' argument, even though I like Matt Gates a lot, Matt Gates is going to get one of our pins. I like Matt Gates a lot, but his statement was, we need to push down on spending. How about we need to stop it just for a little bit? Let's just put a little pause on that national debt just for a couple of days. That'd be nice. No new spending. That's my avocation. I, I, I guarantee you that you would not see a major change in your life if the federal government was not operational. Most of you know that that would be the case. And even if they were to close down the national parks, which Obama did as sort of a, like a, a slap back in the face to show people, oh, you love freedom? Well, you can't go into your national parks. If they don't fund the national parks, you can walk right past the gates. You just may have to walk a little further. You can still enjoy all the beautiful nature out there in the world. Just saying. Let's consider that as a real thing. And what does this all come down to? What does it come down to? We stop speech. We're going to put foreign wars so they can distract you. And for me, like I said, it comes down to that last domino. We're going to talk about that in just one second. First, I want to tell you guys, uh, we mentioned them earlier, so let's do it again. Go to the-suspendables.com, the-suspendables.com. Get your access to, what is it? It's the merch store. It's the Suspendables merch store run by our friend Garrett O'Boyle. Yes, you can check that out. And you can get the merch bundle, which we've told you about. If you want to just get three pins, if you just want to support somebody, have something small come in, it's a flat rate. There's free shipping on it. If you add three to the cart, you're going to get it for 30 bucks. Promo code Kyle, you might even get it for a little bit less. I think it just takes 10% off the top. So that's just so we can track what's going on there. And you know who's wearing one of those Suspendables pens? You know who's wearing one of those? 
Let's see here. If I got a picture of this, boom, our buddy Owen Schroyer. Look at that. He sent us a picture the other day. It said, still sporting it. Very proud. So we got uh, we got uh, our buddy over at Infowars wearing it. That's good stuff. Check out the-suspendables.com. Support GOB Actual. Yep. And you can find a shirt like this. I don't know if he's going to make any more of these. These are the limited edition last line strength. This was his thing he was making when he was a police officer. You know, Garrett was a cop. He was in the military, served in the infantry and the army, and then an FBI agent and indefinitely suspended. Still allegedly an FBI employee. Go figure. All right. So what's the final domino on all this stuff? They go after free speech. They want to tie up your money. They want to tie up your attention. Um, they want to uh, tell you that the Speaker of the House matters in some way when it really doesn't to you. It really doesn't. So what's to come after? How about this? You guys remember the Day of Jihad? I don't have the red lights up anymore. I took down the Day of Jihad lights. You can, I promise you, look, there it is. The Day of Jihad lights are gone. But the Day of Jihad never happened in this country. Why do you think that was? Ryan, you got a, you got an instinct on why we didn't have like some sort of massive terror attack that just broke out on Friday the 13th? Yeah, because it would be overwhelmingly obvious that it was Gar Merrick Garland, Chris Ray, and the rest of their fault. <laughs> what do you think? No, I don't think that's it. Although it would be their fault because they're too busy going after Catholics and they're going after parents of school boards. I think it's because you threatened a country that has 100 million gun owners. What do you think of that? Like something like 25% of this country owns guns. Like I said, I, <laughs> Sounds I, a little bit more I, logical. I, I own a quarter of the guns. I don't know who owns the other uh, three quarters of the uh, 100 million out there, right? But guys, they decided they were going to come after a country and then they decided, wait a minute, that's a death wish. Do you remember what happened when there was a, a Draw Muhammad contest in Garland, Texas, and we had a couple of ISIS fighters decide that they were going to go out there and teach teach those Texans a lesson? You can't draw the Prophet Muhammad. They got shot before they even made it out of their car. They got killed by an off-duty cop with a revolver on his ankle. The cop got shot back too, but he lived. Those two guys didn't make it, and they had AKs. You're going to come up against Americans who are armed and pissed off and have experience in war. This country is full of not soft targets. There's an awful lot of soft targets, but man, you don't know what they are if you're out there in the general, general population. And you think that these terrorist guys thought that was a good idea? No. So where did they go? They stabbed a teacher in France. We saw that. And then we saw, let's go ahead and pull up uh, topic nine, if you would. This is coming from CNN's reporting. There was an attack in Brussels too. Did you guys see this? So the police shoot. This is the, my favorite. When they do these headlines, it, it cracks me up. Police shoot dead suspected gunman was he dead before they shot him you think ryan or was he he was shot dead man they don't know how, to I do don't know, man. how about how about 50 -50. police killed gunmen i don't think they were suspected gunmen if they were shooting people anyway accused of killing two swedes in brussels so okay anyway the gunmen were were um were killed right supposedly or a gunman rather is it plural yeah single they uh they they killed a guy in in brussels who apparently went after this uh, soccer qualifier there was a euro cup game 2024 euro qualifier Belgium hosting Sweden, two people were killed, and they shot this guy dead. But why did this person do it? This is a guy who claimed that he was going to be, he was inspired by ISIS, Islamic State, and he was shot dead. Why would you do it in Sweden? Why didn't they come to the United States where we heard it was going to be, where we have all this money and we're part of the war machine? They're claiming it was because of this really, really dangerous spate of Quran burnings that's going on in Sweden and Denmark. You know, it's funny, the Danes and the Swedes are a little pissed off. They want their country back. They don't really like it. So they're burning the Quran in protest. That's free speech, right? You're allowed to do that. You can burn a Bible if you want in this country. You can burn an American flag. How quickly would you be condemned if you were burning the Quran? Because people are scared. Because they're scared of this kind of recourse. I don't know. Maybe that's the move. Maybe you just trigger it. I'm, 
I don't want to disrespect anybody's book, but it's also just paper. The words in there may mean something, but you're allowed to have that speech in America. We all defend that. Those of us who had that oath defend the right of you to do something that we think is abhorrent. Like I said, dress like a Nazi, burn the Quran, burn the Bible, put the Bible into an outhouse, whatever it is that makes you happy, you're actually allowed to do that. It's not illegal. It may be inflammatory, but it's not illegal. Just like Trump speaking out about the Department of Injustice. All these things are there. But I'm telling you, gun ownership is a big game changer, and it is the thing they come after. So we're seeing two major moves right now. One, the Supreme Court is going soft on it. They're they are allowing the Biden administration to continue enforcing a, a rule on quote-unquote ghost guns, which is already a political talking point. That's going to be, uh, what topic is that? That's going to be under CNN. So that's going to be topic number, what, eight? And then there's also something going on in Connecticut right now. Maybe I didn't even give you this one, Ryan. This one is going on in Connecticut. They just passed their biggest piece. Go ahead and back to the Connecticut one. The one you just had a second ago. There it is. Yep. They, they enacted their biggest sweeping gun control motion since Sandy Hook. You remember the, the, the do something attitude that was going on because of Sandy Hook? You, you stand on the backs of uh, dead children and you say, oh, do something. We have to outlaw the gun. Imagine if the theory was, is like, oh, there's too much speeding. We have to outlaw the car. There's too many drunk drivers. We have to ban the car, not the person who's drunk behind the wheel, not the person who's either mentally ill or deranged or has some sort of terrorist idea. It's not that person that we're going to try to go after. We're going to go after the actual tool. And I read the Second Amendment too. It's pretty clear. There's not much to it other than you shan't infringe upon it. So if there is a supremacy clause and the U.S. Constitution does ban you from doing such things like this, if you can have federal law that supersedes the state laws, shouldn't it be that uh, you just can't you can't get involved? You cannot pass laws that infringe on this? I don't know why we keep accepting it, but sure enough, Connecticut's most wide-ranging gun control measure since the 2013 laws enacted after Sandy Hook take place on Sunday. They just got it, they went into effect, proponents vowing that they're going to pursue more gun legislation despite the legal challenges. Yeah, so they signed a new law in, which is probably going to be, it bans open carrying a firearm and prohibits the sale of more than three handguns within 30 days. Why? What right do they have to limit the number of handguns you could buy? And do you know that Connecticut has been an open carry state since the beginning, since since its inception? Right? This is the be- this is the birthplace of American liberty, Connecticut. And firearm manufacturers are leaving because they're voting away their own civil liberties. They can't see how dangerous it is, but it is the last one. You get rid of the Second Amendment, the First Amendment falls, you have no ability to speak freely because there is no uh there is no barrier that stands in the minds of those who would do evil against the the general population. And now you're going to be 100% dependent on the state to come protect you. And do you think the state's going to protect you in a fair way? Because I don't. It says, we will not take a break and we cannot stop now. We will continue to pass life-saving laws until we end gun violence in Connecticut. Is that right? That's uh, That's Jeremy Stein, the executive director of Connecticut Against Gun Violence. They're against gun violence, but guns don't cause violence. People cause violence. Every single time. It's so old and it's so boring that we have to keep saying the same things. But these people don't ever stop. I'm actually a member of uh, Moms Demand Action on their, their, I get their text messages. And instead of them actually sending me what the moms are demanding, which is what I was actually interested in, they just send me Every Town for Gun Safety, which is Bloomberg's organization to try to get guns banned. And, uh, you know, they're like, oh, how do we... How do we get rid of guns? And I just said something like, hey, um, how do we make sure that uh, poor people in bad neighborhoods, black and brown people who have lower income, because they're disproportionately affected by violence, how do we make sure that they have guns? Most of the roots of gun control fall into very racist categories. It's not like they have a problem with everybody having guns. They've expanded to that. 
But historically speaking, they went after cheap guns and guns that poor people could buy. The people who were most likely to be affected by, by physical violence were the ones that they actually targeted. It's always interesting when you go back to those roots. Maybe we could turn some of these clowns against it. They're so rooted in their ideology that they can't actually see that there's cognitive dissonance between the two subjects. It's like, oh, you want to protect black and brown people, and it's all about diversity. Is it? And why are you trying to take guns from people like a 60-year-old black woman who lives by herself in a shitty neighborhood because she's been there forever? She just wants to make sure that she doesn't die in, their, in her sleep, and the police aren't going to get there fast enough because they're too busy dealing with other stuff. I mean, that's who you're taking the guns out of the hands of. You're not going to take the guns from guys like me. I've already got my guns. You guys should too. If you're not buying guns, I don't know what you're doing. That's there's it's not it's not a um it's not disposable income that you're throwing out there. This is a necessity. Just like you have to be able to speak freely, you have to be able to exercise that right. Ryan, did you just buy a gun the other day? Sure did, my friend. Sure did. Are you pending a AR fifteen coming into your house? I sure am, my friend. Yeah. Thanks to you. Look, there's and I got another one I'm getting ready to order next week. That's right. Look, people, there are cheap ways to exercise this liberty. If you don't own a firearm, you haven't been able to train on it, you should do so. It's really inexpensive. Considering what your opportunity cost is, if you can't buy one in the future, what's five or 600 bucks right now? Go to something like a Palmetto State Armory. I don't get any money from them, but they're cheap and they're good and they're effective. Like the, the cost has come down on gun ownership, particularly when our dollar is worth as little as it is right now. I mean, figure out what the... the uh, it, many of you guys got these stimulus checks during 2020 and 21. Like a lot of us just dumped that straight into ammo. I was like, oh, you want to give me money? I'll just turn it into ammo. I'll bring that back in here. That's fine. Uh, we gave some to our church. This just not the ammo, the money. <laughs> but I'm just saying, exercise your civil liberties. That's the last domino that is being attacked. And the Supreme Court is actually doing a thing right now. They just said that the Biden administration is able to continue enforcing ghost gun regulations. Ghost guns, so-called, this is CNN reporting, so it's going to be politically charged, untraceable homemade guns. There has been a, a historical precedent in this country to be able to build your own weapons. But they've, they've demonized things. Do you remember how we talked about how it wasn't about the Catholic Church? It wasn't about radical traditional Catholics who go to a Latin mass. It was always about conservatives in general, but all Christians, it was always a way they try to find a fringe topic. And they're like, you're not a person that goes out and builds your own guns. Are you? That's trying to avoid a background check. Maybe I am. How many guns have I built? Several. I built several of these so-called ghost guns. And you know what? I wouldn't trust my life to them, but you should have a right to do so. There were no noted dissents to the order. They continued to allow the Biden administration to go after these things. So our Supreme Court is falling down on the job and not understanding that shall not be infringed is simple language and it doesn't need any more. There was a vote back in August, 5-4, the court sided with the Biden administration on a challenge brought by a group of manufacturers. That what they've done is they've taken a bunch of people and put them out of business. There are a lot of people that built up industries selling things that have been historically legal. They have no serial numbers and they don't have background checks because they're not guns, but they have all the things that it would take for you to build the guns. This is a really slippery slope again. They've done the same thing with silencers or suppressors in this country, where they said the tools that are used to build a suppressor are in fact the suppressor. That's what happens when you allow the Chevron doctrine to go along, when you allow, which by the way, may be on, uh, you know, on the docket for next year. But when you allow the federal government and the administration of government to be decided by the people in government, not our legislatures, who's too busy sending money to Ukraine or Israel or whatever it is they do. When you allow them to be the quote unquote expert, that's the trust the experts thing. How many of you guys have become untethered from the trust the experts game? You don't trust the science. You don't trust the institutions. You don't trust the mainstream media. You don't trust um, our, our government to do its own. There he is. Ryan's one vote in favor. I know the rest of you are as well. 
We all lost faith in this because they've proven that they are not worthy of our trust. And you shouldn't trust the Supreme Court to be able to legislate like we need to have this thing removed. There's no reason that an agency who has a vested interest in expanding laws so they have more purpose and reason to exist should be the ones that are interpreting law and making rules that are completely illogical. Anybody who follows the gun debate can see that's the last slippery slope that they are trying to infringe on. It's the reason why your, your gas stove would be on the docket. Why? Because the EPA has decided that carbon dioxide is a, uh, is a uh, you know, within their purview as a wasteful gas, as a problem. It's, it's just a creeping ability for the federal government to get an agenda passed. And the federal government's not supposed to have an agenda. It's supposed to enact what is passed by our representation, and they do not do it right now. It scares the heck out of me. Now, let's see the two tiers of it, because they're worried about gun violence, but they're certainly not worried about uh, enforcing other rules. Let's play this video right now. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Video number six. This is what happened outside of the White House. Maybe yesterday. It was within the last couple of days. And... Look at this insurrection against the United States Secret Service. Do you remember all the cries and all the pearl clutching that went on after January 6th because they was involved with people that were yelling at cops and trying to get over barricades? Let's look at this one real quick. Let's run video number six, and we're going to talk about the double standard. There it is. Okay, what are they doing? They're screaming. They're trying to fight with cops. They're trying to get things, uh, they're trying to get their way. They're really mad about Palestine or something like that. Do you see these people getting dragged over the fence line and arrested? Are they going to all have FBI SWAT teams kick down their door? Because I don't think so. Why would that be? Why do we have these double standards? Maybe it's because conservatives are on the docket and the last line for freedom is your ability to speak. And after that, your ability to own firearms. Those are it. That's it. That's what we've got. Those are the lines. We're at that line right now. Let's bring up the uh, number 10, if you would, uh, topic number 10. This is from ABC News. I found this very interesting. This is a woman who admitted to, in Wyoming, burning an abortion clinic. She's facing 20 years in jail. I'm going to read you this article. She said she had anxiety and nightmares that led her to start a fire at Wyoming's only full-service abortion clinic. It set back the facility's opening. There was nobody there. It was under construction. She had anxiety and nightmares, and that's why she went and burned it. That sounds like a mental illness to me, right? But she went out there, and she was sentenced to 20 years, or she could be sentenced to 20 years for burning the Wellsprings, oh, it's always Wellspring, isn't it? Interesting. Health Access Facility in Casper. They always have these weird names, don't they? They don't say anything about, like, abortion clinic. They're reproductive health facilities. She said she knew right afterwards that what she had done was wrong. She admitted to it. She's basically pleading for mercy. The fire happened in May of 2022. Before the clinic was even open, it caused extensive damage, which required more remodeling, knocked back the opening for a year. How many babies did she save doing that, you think? Probably quite a few. She admitted she broke in. She poured gasoline around inside the building. It's kind of like a pretty aggressive movement. She lit it on fire. She was a mechanical engineering student, and she showed no signs of anti-abortion views on social media, but told the investigators that she did, in fact, oppose abortion. This is what the ATF is busy doing. They're running after her. She used a rock to break a glass window and went in, poured gasoline all over the place, and burned it. Okay. How about we pull up what they've been doing on the pregnancy crisis centers around the country since the Dobbs attack? This is coming from our friends over at Catholic Vote. Topic number 11. Let's pull this one up real quick. Hmm. What does that say? That says that there have been 88 attacks 
just since May of 2022, when this woman went out there and did that. 88 attacks since the leak of the Supreme Court opinion that ended up overturning Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs decision. They've gone after pregnancy resource centers and pro-life groups. They've been attacked and vandalized. 88 of them. Okay, I'm going to read you some of the places these have happened. Austin, Texas, Frederick, Maryland, Portland, Oregon, Bangor, Maine, Manassas, Virginia, Denton, Texas, Kaiser, Oregon, Madison, Wisconsin. It's all over the country. It happened in Michigan, in California, in Alabama, in Florida, in Alaska, in Iowa, in Washington, D.C. These attacks have happened everywhere. North Carolina, New York State, Buffalo, New York, Colorado. I'm just scanning through here. 88 of them across the entire country. Tennessee, New Hampshire, you name it, anywhere out there, it's been done. Louisiana. So I'm seeing all these different places where they've had these attacks. And you know what we see from the uh, from the DOJ Civil Rights Division? Pull up that uh, piece from the Justice Department right there, Number topic number 12. I want you guys to see the disproportionate level. Criminality. Recent cases of violence against reproductive health care providers. The first one, 2023, four defendants right now charged with civil rights conspiracy and FACE Act violations for targeting a pregnancy resource center in Florida in 2022. So that's one of them. The defendants vandalized the facility and spray painted threats. If abortions aren't safe, neither are you. We're coming for you. The defendants conduct uh, intimidated reproductive health care providers and damaged the pregnancy resource center. Okay, so four. They've got four arrests in one place in Florida for FACE Act violations. Every single, Ryan, can you scroll down that? Every single, every one of them, eight conspiracies. These were people that were blockading, blockading, no violence. They were just blockading an abortion clinic. The next one, 11 defendants charged for a blockade in Nashville, Tennessee, reproductive health care facility. That's an abortion clinic. Several of them came from out of state, God forbid. Next one, 10 defendants, a conspiracy to, con to conspire against rights and FACE Act violations for a 2022 blockade in District of Columbia, a blockade again, not violence, not vandalism, not burning things. You see in the scroll here on the screen, you see this? Over and over and over, they're all Planned Parenthood had super glue in the locks to try to keep people out of it. These things are pretty darn low level. You've got one here where a defendant was assaulted uh, as an escort. Oh, guess what? 2022 defendant indicted. That's Mark Houck. That's Mark Houck written right there at the top of the screen. A defendant was indicted for a FACE Act violation in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, and he assaulted a Pennsylvania area Planned Parenthood clinic escort. No, he pushed down a man that was saying ridiculous and gross things to his son. It's interesting they left that up in there. That's They didn't say who it was because that's that's pretty atrocious. Many of you guys know the story of Mark Hart, how he's been uh, interviewed on my podcast, and his story is absolutely egregious. And he's going to be featured in the new Dinesh D'Souza movie talking about his experience of DOJ coming after him. Just look at the scroll. All of these are face act violations about people damaging abortion clinics. None of them deal with the 88 violations that have happened since the Dobbs decision in just the last year. You've got exactly four people charged with the threats and the vandalism and the threats of violence and the actual physical property damage that have been done to these things. Go to catholicvote.org if you want to see their scrolling banner actually will tell you this is an ongoing thing. They keep track of them. They have a good counter. It is a useful resource for you if you want to go out there and be able to make arguments um, about the two-tiered system of justice. They're keeping track of this one thing very, very well. That's why we like it. And we talked about police state. I want to play you guys a little uh, little touch. I want you guys to consider going out and getting tickets to it. It's going to be on the 23rd. It's coming up in just a week here. 23rd and 25th is going to be the live showing. It's going to be in 
theaters in a private screening setting. I'm going to explain how it kind of works in just one second here. Let's go ahead and run this video clip of video number two. This is one they just sent me. They said, here's a little shot of uh, Kyle Serafin in the, the movie Police State. So I'll give you guys a taste of it here too, exclusively being shown right here on the Kyle Serafin Show. Go ahead and run video two. In the Richmond field office, there was an intelligence product that goes out. They claimed that people who attend the Latin mass are potentially white supremacists. It's because they disagreed with a pro-choice stance. They didn't like abortion. They wanted borders that were secure and therefore a legal immigration stance. That's not radical traditionalist Catholics that go to a Latin mass. That's all Christians and most conservatives, roughly half this country. These are anti-government, violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. Police State. Tickets sold only on policestatefilm.net. Again, policestatefilm.net. You can go and get tickets there. It's going to be available uh, for October 23rd and 25th in a theater near you, most likely. Some of you do not live near them or you've got situations like me. We've got little kids. We don't go to theaters anymore. I don't got time. On October 27th, there is going to be a streaming premiere. And we're going to do a red carpet thing. So this is backwards for most things in Hollywood. If you think about the way they do it, what do they do first? They um, they show a premiere where all the, the superstars or whatever it is or the people that are involved in the film and all the executive producers get to invite their guests. And they do that. And they release it to a very small audience and the screeners and the people that vote for the Academy. And then... Afterwards, it's done in a either limited or a larger theater release, and then it goes out to video. We're doing it differently. We being Dinesh D'Souza and the uh, production crew here, they've done it backwards because this film is for you. It's not for screeners, and it's not for the Academy, and it's not for the Hollywood establishment, and that's not what they're glorifying. They're doing it exactly backwards from what they do with those guys. They're first releasing it to theaters where you can go see it in a private screening. They're then releasing it to video so you can see it um, in a streaming pr premiere, which is going to happen just a couple days later. On, Like I said, October 27th will be the first day you can get involved in that. There's going to be some interviews and stuff like that. I'm going to be participating in that as well. So I'm just talking to them on the back end. We're going to be you know, doing some interviews with folks that are part of it, the production and uh, and that are part of the, the premiere team and, and the production team for that movie. And then lastly, there's like a VIP Thing that's happening at Mar-a-Lago, and I'm going to be there for that, and so is Steve Friend, and so is Garrett O'Boyle, so is George Hill, our friend Sonia Labosco. The Suspendables are all going to be showing up doing that. Ryan's going to be traveling down with us too, right, Ryan? There he is somewhere. Yes, sir, man. Looking forward to it. I'm stoked. We're all going to go down and see the uh, the in-person piece. It is a a big screen release for a reason. It's good in a big screen. This is a you know a full production value thing, but if you have to watch it at home on the streaming, October 27th, I know many of you are curious if that's the case, so that's where it is. October 27th, the film the film website is police state film, very easy, policestatefilm.net, N-E-T. You can check out my social media. You can check out Dan Bongino's social media. You can check out Dinesh D'Souza's, uh, Steve Friends. We're all putting out there in, in a big way. We need this thing to be successful. And also, since we have found out that the FBI is so scared of this, they actually did a Newsweek piece Another, the same people that were leaking the story about how they were going after um, Trump supporters, Newsweek, did a hit piece on this, calls a bunch of the claims allegedly, even though many of these things have been actually adjudicated. They have no, you know, they watched the film and they came away with it. They didn't cite me and they didn't cite Steve. I don't know if they're scared of the suspendables, but they didn't want to go do that. They didn't put that in there. And then also our friend Miranda Devine wrote a good piece about it in the uh, New York Post very recently. So all these things are out there. Check out policestatefilm.net policestatefilm.net if you want to get tickets or if you want to do the advanced copy I believe you can actually buy the uh, streaming premiere access as well which will be really fun uh, I think my folks are going to be watching it on the small screen because they can't find it in the little town they live in many of you guys will be in that same scenario so go ahead and do that 
And there's Excalibur showing that there's going to be a virtual premiere. Yeah, the Warrior Studio box office. I don't know what that is, but somehow I'm going to that. Excalibur, I will be there. So thanks for throwing that into the chat. If you uh, are not watching us on the chat, you are missing out on that. Folks, that's our show for the day. We're going to do more of it tomorrow, as usual. I want to say thanks. I'm going to put a shameless plug in. We're over 750 five-star reviews on Apple. I would love it if you guys went and clicked on the link in the show description and left us another one. We very much appreciate all these. I read almost all of them, and we are able to get them on the show one at a time. This one's a little bit complex. It's from AG321. I'm going to read it to you because it looked like AG321 put some real time into this. Esoteric Truths. The hole in the ceiling. We've read one from AG321 before, but this is a new one. For me, an esoteric truth means a hidden truth and represents one's intention. One's intention is always an active verb, i.e. to conceal, to obfuscate, to reveal, to share, to expose, to educate, and to inform. Kyle Serafin's approach is to expose the lies, the partial truths, which are more dangerous than the complete lie, and to reveal the hidden truths, to share complete truths. We live in a room with a hole in the ceiling, and every once in a while when something passes over that hole, we question, what was that? Someone lifts us up, Kyle Serafin, Steve Friend, Garrett O'Boyle, and as our heads pop through the hole, we see a whole new world that is evolution, and that is the Kyle Serafin Show. Hashtag suspendables will save the republic. God bless, Godspeed. Man, God bless and Godspeed to you, AG321. I really appreciate the amount of thought that goes into these things. It is a really interesting concept to imagine that there is a hole in the ceiling that everyone doesn't see. I know that I have other people that are poking my head through the hole, and I'm happy to help show some of this stuff. I'm just looking for what is that narrative. And a lot of this stuff is actually inspired, not because I'm so brilliant or anything along those lines, but I wake up in the morning and I feel compelled to tell you a story that I'm being revealed, you know, as I sleep. So I think that's the Holy Spirit. Um, that's why we have Catholic Vote as one of our sponsors. That's why they are keeping us moving forward because this really has been sort of a religious experience. All of this has. And uh, the only reason that we're still standing and that we are not victims of that police state, which you just saw the, uh, the trailer for, is specifically because I do think God is on our side. That's that's my personal belief. I've had that conversation with many people offline, and many of them feel like they're in a place right now where God is asking them to do something. If you think that's the case for you, we appreciate you guys writing the reviews, sharing it out there, sharing the show, and being part of our audience. Um, it does make a huge difference. So thank you to all of you. I really do. I mean that today. Today is one of those really weird days where you look out there and you think, how in the world is all this stuff happening at once? It feels concentrated. And the pushback is going to involve something that is more than human pushback. And we are the last domino here in this free society where we can worship as we choose. So I hope that you guys continue to do those things. Continue to share the show. If you are um, on our Rumble channel right now, if you're watching this after the fact, make sure that the green like button is hit. That moves us up in the rankings. That seems petty, but it actually is one of those things that has moved the show forward and looks like how many people we got watching right now, Ryan? Over a thousand people. We've moved from where we were just hoping to get a hundred people to watch us at a time. Now over a thousand watch it live. There are many others on Facebook that are streaming it. There are people over on YouTube. There are people that are on Twitter that watch it or now X. So all of you folks, you guys are the reasons that we do the show. We're very grateful for it. Follow Eric Jason, our moderator on True Social. Follow Ryan Matta, Ryan Matta Media on Twitter. And um, follow the, at Kyle Serafin on all the places that you normally do. We really appreciate you guys and see you tomorrow. Don't forget to like it on the way out the door. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter and True Social at Kyle Serafin.